0: Monumental episode. Welcome to Thick Morons. I'm Chaney.
1: And I'm Sid. And uh, monumental, monumental for a couple of reasons. Oh, wow. Let's butcher the words right up front. Uh, yes. Yeah. Good way to start. Talking's hard. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: It's been it's a... a we've been... Yeah, I was going to say, it's. we've been on like on a hiatus, it feels like, maybe?
0: Uh, slightly. I don't know. Our schedules are shifting quickly, um, especially mine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Everything's sort of like gearing up like big time for well masters and then also teaching so uh, my schedule has been thrown for a loop and yours as well as well because you've been working nights now so it's it's tough getting yeah. together
1: yeah i was complaining about not being busy a couple of weeks back and now i'm busy for work so it's quick quick flip of the schedule right there but i'm glad you know we get to make some time before the snyder cuts come out to to go over snyder's past filmography is what we're doing is dc filmography i guess at least yes yeah
0: and yeah. we're starting with the only real one that i kind of enjoy mm-hmm. um i'm not looking for yeah I, you know i've never actually watched through batman versus superman fully really did you watch it in theaters or no i guess not. no then. no but i could watch through it fully i don't know what it is mm.
1: so you're one of the guys that you couldn't you couldn't get through it then i couldn't get through it Ah. Uh, And I told you to check out the ultimate edition, so you've yet to watch that, um, that version of the movie. You've seen the theatrical release. Yeah, yeah. Poor guy Snyder, man. This guy has to bank on his like the post mortem of his movies to like really, to really catch a you know catch a break. It's like the movie comes out, fans dissect it, critics hate it. Wait a couple months, and then the real, the quote unquote real version comes out to be really dissected.
0: Yeah, it's it's a weird relationship he has because I don't I don't no no offense to him I don't think his form of storytelling fits movies that well. Um, it, Get um, yeah, because like if if you don't have the ability to like compact your story into a movie format, then don't tell it in a movie format.
1: Well, what do you mean by that?
0: Like all his movies like require so much girth. And a lot of the times when you talk about, like, um, these, like, alternate editions, like these S- Snyder upgrades post-release, yep. like, most of the time it's just longer and he puts in more scenes. And it, it just seems as though, like, um, and, and with the Snyder Cut releasing being four hours, which, you know, is ridiculous, but I kind of love it, but it's also a little ridiculous.
1: That um, should be the movie tagline right there. Yeah. Warner Brothers should just snip that from our... From our- podcast pay us a decent amount of money and then
0: uh use that as their movie tagline ridiculous but i love it sorry go it just on. seems like the ideas that he has he can't concise into a film format um like yeah he makes films out of it but maybe like his stories because of how broad and how deep they are he just can't do it in a, in a film way i'd like to see him do a tv show more than mm. a film at this point i wonder if
1: he's done a uh, a short form like episodic thing yet. I don't think he has. I think uh, I, I would, I would be, I would agree with you there. That would be cool to see uh, a Netflix sort of project. He, he does have Dawn of the dead coming out this summer, which I'm very excited for after seeing that trailer. Um, so him really? kind of, yeah, him doing something completely different from DC, which has been like, you know, he he's only been making superhero stuff for the last 10 years. I feel like cl- yeah. with Watchmen you included, like- you know,
0: yeah, he's been directing like graphic novels, comic book stuff.
1: Yeah. So it's I'm 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 really looking forward to see how he steps out of that. At this point I feel like it's even like uh it's sort of a prison on him as a filmmaker because he's caught whatever, you know, we'll get into it. Like everybody knows the drama with him and his, not with him, but his films, I guess. And um just uh his relationship with critics. Ironically, he got awarded by critics uh last weekend. So, good for him on that. But yeah, anyways, my point is uh, Dawn of the Dead's coming out. That looks sick. I think the thing I like most about Snyder is just the way he photographs images and captures his visuals like and every, you know, I think that's his trademark style is just like very uh, eye popping visuals.
0: Yeah, that's that's basically what he's best at is being able to (laughs) format and like basically see what he envisions in his head, and, and put it onto the big screen. Very um,
1: picturesque images, like, very, uh...
0: Sometimes I, a little heavy-handed in the symbolism, and I'll get to that, but... Yeah, uh, well,
1: to, just to go back to the point of what you were saying with um, Snyder's cuts maybe not amounting to much, story storytelling-wise, I'd be... When we get to the Batman versus Superman discussion, I'm I'd be interested in your take on, you know, the Ultimate Edition how you see that factoring into the overall story. Um, and, yeah. So, like, well, anyways, like, for this episode, we'll, we'll talk about Man of Steel and get into the get into the nitty-gritty of that. But um, before that, I guess we'll, you know, we'll... We had a WandaVision series sort of going on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sort of. Our, my interest fell off <laughs> severely. And I kind of just... Um, I didn't want to feel pressured into watching it because then I'd probably dislike it even more. So I kind of yeah. just just you know caught it as it went not i wasn't excited to watch it anymore so i just i guess i just wasn't excited to talk about it anymore
1: i feel you i feel you man i feel like going back to like our past episodes um and just hearing ourselves talk about it now i feel stupid Mm -hmm. (laughs) i feel really stupid because the amount of i don't know is it overthinking or is it just like yeah it was overthinking the amount we overthought that show and i think the the. The amount the whole world overthought that show, um, yeah, it's like, and, it's crazy. And here's the thing.
0: It's like, a lot of people still like it, and that's fine. But um, I'm, I was trying to come to grips, like, why I didn't. Like, it was my own expectations that set mm-hmm. me up for failure, and I don't think so, because my expectations were set by what by them. they showed me, especially sure. the Quicksilver stuff. Like, are you fucking kidding me? That turned out to be just some random guy.
1: So, let, like you. so let's get into it. Spoilers for WandaVision finale. Um, yeah. The Quicksilver thing ended up being the biggest troll on audiences, I think ever.
0: It was. It was. It was so stupid.
1: It like, so for why? for people that don't know what we're referring to, obviously they were kind of teasing back the release uh, reveal of Quicksilver, um, or sorry, the return of Quicksilver into some you know, it would be something crazy. We were hypo hypothetical. Ah, what's the word? Hypothesis. Hypothetic- <laughs> hypothetically, <laughs> we were just, hypothetically. Yeah, we were just thinking it was, um you know, connecting to the multiverse in this larger scheme of interconnected stories. But um, no, Marvel turned it into a boner joke, <laughs> yeah. literally, and yeah, um, it's just some random guy. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know if that's the worst part about, like, I don't, yeah, I don't know if that's the worst thing about it either. Like that for me it's, is the cherry on top the worst of it. Thing but about it for me.
0: I'm going to riff off some things. You don't necessarily need to respond to them because we're going to keep this quick because I want to get into Man of Steel. But um, things that I really don't like and they continue to do. One, um, for some reason, everybody knows what happened in Infinity War when they had no reason to know. Um, Two, the villain being there has no purpose. Like, there's no reason. Yeah. Like, it's never explained why she's there. Or, like, what her plan was. Like, did she just randomly bump into Wanda? No, that was Wanda. a head-scratcher for me, too. For sure. Like, it, she just kind of showed up. And, like, in the episode that she was revealed, it was like, oh, it was her behind it all along. I was like, huh, really? And then the next episode, it's like, oh, wait, no, Wanda still did everything.
1: I had what? a hard time figuring out, like, was this whole thing, like, a master plan? Or was this, like, the equivalent of Wanda, like, sneezing and a bunch of shit went wrong? and the villain was at, like, the right place at the right time and got stuck in the whole situation. Like, when you think about this show in retrospective, none of it makes sense. Like, the show is almost just designed to make sense on an episodic, weekly basis. And then when you want to look back at the entire thing and see that story in a big picture, it it really just doesn't make any sense.
0: And all this show devolved into is a cookie-cutter Marvel origin story. And that's it.
1: At least until so. the last... Yeah, like... I... I I could get by the false expectations we might've had, like, you know, there there's obvious subversion of expectations, thing that, that goes on. And I guess they did that, but like, I think the big flaws was that, you know, or not the flaws, but things that are really, that the show really had going for it was I had a criticism about Marvel, which was, um, Marvel tends to not like really dive deep into the human spectrum of like, you know, pain and darkness it started to peak in that direction with like movies like um infinity war definitely kind of gets into it thor ragnarok sort of hints at it with humor but wandavision really kind of through through showing wanda's trauma um i think it was like really building up to seeing seeing just like not not a superhero kind of a heroic journey but seeing just a, a a person with powers deal with their trauma and and see what the basis and background of that trauma is, and then just for that whole thing to end in a really cliche third act Marvel you know boss fight with just like a force field in the background big CGI spectacle like it was it felt so off and it felt like it, it either felt so mandated or like they were at a lack of ideas to what to do at that point mm-hmm. and the and I- only. Yeah, the only, like, positive thing I can say about the finale was really just the Vision stuff. Like, I, I'd agree with you there. For me, even just throughout the whole show, I think the questions posed about Vision, even, like, the philosophical that uh, conversation that Vision has with himself, just to sort of break down who is who, I, I was entertained by that. I liked that stuff. And it, it that was the stuff that sort of pokes into, like, what the future might hold for these characters. And anyways, yeah, that that's sort of my take on it.
0: Yeah. And then, I guess, I don't know, my... <clears throat> My overall conclusions is that everything that I really liked about the show kind of became useless in the end. Even the aesthetic of like the sitcoms. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, if if you look at what the actual like, if you look at the content of the show, the story it told, um, that's like m- like I don't know. You can maybe fill four episodes of that, um, and everything else is just sitcom filler. Pretty much. And, and it, and it, it, that's just so the rewatchability of the show is zero to none for me
1: yeah i was right about the sitcom sit yeah. thing though i was i was right on the nail nail
0: on the head for that yes yes you were
1: Good yeah job. yeah no I i i when they showed that they made like a valid scene about that and i was like yeah nobody's gonna give me credit for that so i'll, I'll make a point to it but yeah i mean there there was definitely cool moments in the show and like high potential you know like just in the way they set up ideas set up like the you know this show nothing point nothing in the show points to the multiverse but why was everybody in the world talking about the multiverse right like they, stupid dumb marvel rumors it, it wasn't just rumors though it was like this was like pre-discussion before the show came out this was like an expectation marvel sort of set up uh in fans heads in audiences heads like i don't know like this was just this show felt like a really clickbaity like trailer for the next four years of marvel like he here, here, watch this, and you'll see, our, like where the story is gonna go for the next couple years, and how Wandavision ties into Doctor Strange, and how, how we explore Wanda's past, which I, I guess they did, they definitely did that, but, yeah, I don't know, maybe a lot of that is also how people just built up the show like crazy on social media, so, I definitely fell into that, but, anyways, moving on, yeah, moving on to, uh, moving on to DC across the pond. <coughs> Man of Steel. Big spoiler conversation. If you haven't okay. seen a fucking almost 10-year-old movie at this point.
0: <clears throat> yeah, 2013, wasn't
1: it? Crazy. Crazy time. What were you doing in 2013?
0: Uh, watching Man of Steel in theaters.
1: Nice. Me too. I was probably re-watching The Dark Knight right before it. And then... Or sorry, The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, and, and then, then talking
0: to my friends about how Christian Bale is going to show up in the next Superman movie. Yep.
1: Yo- <laughs> yeah, no, this was like before anything was the dcu and this was like
0: us in our heads like
1: oh yeah for sure this connects into batman and they're gonna do the whole marvel thing but no we no. didn't get that
0: there was that one rumor where christian bale got offered 50 million to stay on as batman for the yeah next, uh, for the d i was like oh yeah it's i mean happening. i mean
1: i wonder what like i don't know i guess like don't don't ruin such a fine thing like the you dark why? knight trilogy it's because
0: chris nolan didn't want it
1: yeah, I I, I was gonna up. say like he was the producer of he's the producer of this film Man of Steel and yeah. much of the DC movies so he could have made that call but anyways I'm glad we got Ben Affleck I'll just put that on the record I really like Ben Ben Affleck's Batman but um, I really like
0: his chin
1: you and my mom <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but um yeah no his he has a great Batman chin and smirk very animated nice. series very um yeah i don't know we're getting off track frank here miller. we can just start talking about yeah frank miller there you go throw in more writers Throw in more writers names um but yeah no henry cavill let's talk about him he's in
0: superman uh his performance is like iffy on me yeah like like <laughs> get him it's it's like charisma lacking in some areas like obviously like the dramatic stuff like his um when he's able to express emotions like he's obviously a very talented actor but him trying to like be a charismatic superhero it can just come off as like odd speak like radio man speak like i am superman i am here to save the day Mm. um type shit um but other than that like i don't know it's it's a very like emotionless performance in a lot of cases Right, like while trying man. to
1: trying to pull off like contemplation, but it it comes off as like lack of character, lack of charisma, mm-hmm.
0: as you said. Yeah, there's there's not like a lack of character, but it's a lack of expression of what the character should mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. So, um, th- I, with few exceptions, I like his um, his first scene with Jor Um, like you you can see like there's genuine habit. Like that's my name. I'm Cal Cal El, and and. Uh, shit like that and um, his facial expressions and um, an overall demeanor in the first flight scene I will get more into the first flight scene um, and then obviously his ability to um, his his body language in action scenes is very nice as well I found um, but other than that like again I don't know I don't really know if Zack Snyder gave him much to go off of mm. but um, there's 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 this is like okay man of steel has to be like the most complicated relationship i've ever had with a movie because it's either i really like stuff in this movie or i really don't like it so i really like some of henry gravel stuff for it and then there's certain things that i just really don't like and i can't put my finger on it it's just like it's lacking for me
1: yeah i've i've wrestled since this movie's come out if i've like if this is a love movie or if i've like if I just like it, like I'm, I'm more on the positive side of it. And over the years, I've, I've, um, I've leaned to the side of like I've, like there, I, I do think there's something special about this movie, and it might be because I'm sort of a sucker for father-son stories, uh, just like rooting back to the whole Star Wars obsession. But, um, yeah, that's I was, like to your point, I was gonna sort of bring that all to the question that it is, is that a fault to Cavill's acting? or is that sort of the script not giving him a lot because for the first half of the movie it really seems like uh you know it, the, the first half of the movie i want to talk about the structure later on too but it, it's very montage just sort of cutting from one location to another one time period to another very choppy and edit and kind of just lacking that overall flow and it's it gets better into the later half and I feel like that also might play into why, like, I I really didn't like Henry Cavill Superman until, like, even just, like, halfway through the movie, you know, until until he gets to him actually putting on the cape and doing the whole first flight. Like, I had the same problems as you, just finding that lack of charisma and emotive, you know, just Superman, like, who's the guy behind this? He's just constantly sad and constantly, like looking like he's an existentialist you know which hey that's cool too but yeah I'm, i i i'm i'm like trying to piece that together though too is that is that a fault of henry cavill which i don't want to say he's a bad actor definitely don't think that but that could just be you know probably a weakness in the filmmaking there
0: yeah let's just i, I just want to think about the main things i'm seen i've seen him in and otherwise um man from uncle um mission mm-hmm. impossible And the Witcher series on Netflix, Um, all three of which he like melts into the role. Like, I don't like obviously I see Henry Cavill, but I also like he differentiates himself and and, like just like especially in in the Witcher. I don't know if you've seen that yet.
1: I actually I just started watching it. I actually just started watching it this week. And um, yeah, other than the fact that it's Henry Cavill's face on uh, Geralt's body. Mm-hmm. It, it, you're right he sort of ha- he sort of like becomes the character and like the way he talks it, like yeah I don't have the problems I have with him and Man of Steel in, in The Witcher That that's a good mm-hmm. uh, example sort of to com-
0: compare that so I think he, like a lot of yeah. what we're seeing here is him trying to work best with what was given to him um, in terms of like writing because like I don't even like remember any iconic lines from superman in this movie he doesn't really talk much at all um so he's, he goes at the end
1: general i'm from kansas i'm
0: about as american as gets. okay that's the only scene he actually gets to show some personality yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i love that though that's uh yeah i he, he, like i said i think i think he shows it more in the second half like the second half is more it's heavier with the emotion overall um i think this this film has a a uh just a general editing problem maybe uh like if we get into like just specific scenes what do you okay like we'll get into the krypton scene just as it is too because i I love that i want to talk about it but after the krypton scene right after the krypton scene you know how there's a smash cut when the pod is about to crash into earth and it goes it transitions into clark on the boat the fisherman's boat deadliest catch filming season 14 you know what i'm saying yeah yeah what do you think of that smash cut? This is a question I ask myself every single time for the last like eight years since this movie come out. Every single time I watch this movie, I, I I contemplate that cut. What do, do you
0: notice? It is it invisible to you? What do you think about it? Because I want to just justify if I'm crazy or not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously I noticed it. It's it's I actually forget about it every time I watch it, but every time it happens, like ah, that's pretty clever. I like that.
1: Is it is it jarring for you? Is it a bit too jarring story wise? Uh, just the time shift,
0: the, the everything about it. Uh, no, it, it it feels like a narrative through line to me because you know Clark's in the ship, and then the next cut is Clark on a ship. So, um, I've always had that connection, and um, I don't
1: know it. it That's definitely the intention behind it. I don't know. I feel like I'm crazy then because you're right. It's it's like it's thematically set up like I don't to make sense. It. Like, I don't, it, I, no no I think, I on like paper missing. on paper yeah I feel like I am too cuz on paper it makes so much sense. It actually like if I was writing that down I would have thought I was I was sick. But um
0: for some reason
1: like this is what I've wrestled with man. Like I've literally when the first time I watched the movie I'm like wow like that sucks. Like the whole Krypton thing was awesome and now it just completely slowed down the pace into deadly sketch over the years like to just the other day rewatching this movie I, and and now I'm more on the other side of the spectrum. I've still just questioned him, like, why do I like it now? Why didn't I like it before? Why didn't I like it before? You know, in the first place. Um, and I just I don't know what it is. I I I agree with the reasons all that you said, but I I just wanted to know, like, is this something that was ever problematic to anybody else? But I feel like it's just me. I don't know.
0: I feel like it's just you.
1: It is a it is a like now the way I think about it. It is a like it is a good. Cut. Wait, do you not like it
0: now, or do you like it? Now?
1: no i do like I, I i'm more in favor of it I, okay. I every time i watch it i see it and i analyze it, and i just think about like it, it's sick now like it really it's like super different in in many movies that i've seen like i mean many movies i see seen don't really do that that sort of jarring of an edit into a completely different world and time space but yeah it's grown over me over time i guess that's a weird answer. like only you would like be like am i crazy about
0: this particular jump cut
1: because i've cut? i've gone into like every detail about the shot of the boat like i thought like well what if they moved what if like the drone they shot that on what if that drone was like 45 degrees to a different angle then maybe i would have liked him more you know it was like
0: more in line with his pod
1: yeah d- exactly If if it was like <laughs> literally matching like when you look at 2001 a space odyssey there's a match cut in that that's referred to as like one of the greatest edits in the world it's when the um when the ape throws i don't know if it's a monkey or an ape or gorilla, whatever uh throws a bone into the air after killing another ape and then the bone cuts into like when it's in the air twirling it cuts into a spaceship in space rising floating in space right right uh and it's just it's like a and just a fucking pure cinema moment right there so i i the way how clean that looks like the shape of the bone literally becomes the shape of the the spaceship like the that to me is like immaculate cinema right there so maybe i have just like this high attention of detail that i pay attention to i don't know any i don't want to ramble on and let people know that my brain works in crazy fucking psychotic ways sometimes but mm-hmm. yeah it's uh Preluding that scene, though, that moment. Krypton.
0: Yes, I love the Krypton stuff. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah. Like, maybe making, like, jor a badass was a little extra, but I think it works. There's okay, there's a lot of things... Oh, it works this, so well. ...in this movie that Zack <laughs> Snyder changes that I don't like from, like... I, I felt there were, like, unnecessary changes in the Superman mythos as, like, a means to... Like, I don't know why they did it. It was, like, some means to modernize him, but I think it ends up hurting his origin overall but the krypton stuff is awesome and i think that's where zach um, actually cared the most and i feel like that was detrimental to the film because um, not in this case like obviously like all the krypton stuff is pretty great Um, and it it felt like this was like his this sci-fi portion of the dc universe is where he was excited to explore the most and you can like see this um visual through line with the krypton stuff and then the the uh, apocalypse stuff and like he was excited to get into the sci-fi portion of the universe but um maybe his love for krypton maybe scrambled his brain when he was writing and he made Jor-El the main father figure throughout yeah, this movie yeah. and i was Ooh, like mm, i don't I think like daddy that. issues <laughs> I don't like that at all.
1: I am not I'm not a big comic book uh, like Superman comic book guy. I don't know many of his stories, but was like what's the relationship he has with both of his dads? Like is does it change in story to story or is it? Mm-hmm. Um okay, it,
0: in in like most of the Superman mythos, like vast majority, like the main through line is like Pa Kent is like the main father. Um, Clark grows up like in in a good family setting. And then he runs into Jor-El, um, in the Fortress of Solitude and he explains where he's from. And, like, Jor-El is never, um, like, something he can actually, like, converse with or talk to directly. It's just a recording of him. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a bibliography, a library of, um, Jor-El stuff. Because he's a scientist. So he has a bunch of information and science on, um, other lore about the sci-fi of the universe and um lore about krypton and you know what it means to be superman for clark it's it that's mostly what jor-el is there for in this movie jor-el is much more of like a parental figure he's the guiding force that goes like you can save them clark when in reality that's paw kent in most cases except this movie
1: what is your take on Pa Kent? Okay, we're jumping from thing to thing because we were just on Krypton, but I guess because we're on this point, what is your Pa Kent take? Because, I, like you just said, like they both fathers have different ideologies here, and Pa Kent challenges me. Like his everything he says in this movie, everything Kevin Costner says and acts, it challenges me mm-hmm. as a man, as a human being. Right. I'm just like, why?
0: Mm-hmm. Why do you say that shit? It's it's so hard hearing. Words spewed out of Pa Kent's mouth that suggest that he that Clark should have just maybe let a bunch of kids die. Yeah, that seems completely counterintuitive and alien to the character as a whole. Um, in in the Superman, like having like these good, like American valued farmer um, parent figures is what um, instills into Clark and Superman's ideology of like freedom and giving people the choice to um be free and um helping your neighbor out, and in superman's case the world is his neighbor because he can help everyone out so mm-hmm. um classic mr rogers yeah i just thought it was it was a really bizarre decision like i understood why it did it in in isolation um it makes more sense like where you have dueling ideologies between both Foggy figures and Clark tries to, or struggles to, embody both. Um, and that's, like, his main conflict throughout the movie. But in if once you get into, um, like, like, what the original story was, and, like, the, don't even get me started on the Paw Kent death. I thought that was... It's, it's just not good. I used to like it. Now I don't. Because um, I, I liked the old Paw Kent death before, where um superman was powerless because his father had a heart attack not because he couldn't actually physically save him like he had a heart attack and he couldn't like he just couldn't do anything yeah so um seems more meaningful
1: than a, a, a twister mm-hmm. arriving on a very s- specific part of the highway yes um, um it I, I i i can i can see just to play devil's advocate a bit there cuz i kind of agree with you like like i said hawken just like feel like i feel like what they do as writers in this film is like they have a lot of ideas that they're trying to put across a lot of themes a lot of just things they want you to start thinking about and like weaving those things cohesively into it like a train of a narrative thread is what might like just might not connect the dots together like properly you know because i i the way i see it is like yeah you have Pa kent saying one thing which is you know, don't show yourself to the world. Basically, like live in fear. Very counterintuitive to what um, Superman should be doing with his powers. Like very much like the wrong thing. Uh, and then Jor saying, like you're gonna be the one that saves them. Like you're the one that's, you know, here to make a difference and change the world. Um, I think like just thematically, if I'm supp- if I'm gonna analyze it, it's it's both of just Clark and you know, father figures giving him a choice to make. And again, that's just another thread of theme of story that, you know, they're trying to put across here. It's just like, what do you do with choice when you have this power, when you have this uh, position in life, like you have the choice of what life you want to live. And so like both the parents or both the father figures are putting across what you can do. These are the choices you have, you know, Uh, Clark becomes sort of a nobody for like for his life for his whole life before he becomes Superman he's just a wanderer uh going from job to job and like it's the it's Jor-El like the Jor-El part of him I guess the Kryptonian that's coming through and saving the day every every now and then you know but but like I guess I don't know I I i guess what i'm trying to say is like as a whole if i'm looking at the whole pizza you know rather than in a in a macro level or in a micro level um when i'm looking at just that whole what they're trying to do with that story i i I guess like i like i like that kind of idea portrayed just that um you know you can there's two ways to go about things Mm -hmm. that duality of choice so
0: i i like i like the idea of it um Mm -hmm things i don't like it being in a superman story and the um the counterintuitive ideology to superman be coming from paul ken when in reality paul ken's the one that instilled it in him in the in the first place um
1: and, it's a I weird thing for the human beat like the human in the story to be like no you should cower away from yeah. people be scared of people and but how they Here's react. where I th-
0: yeah. Here's where I think it's yeah. It's it's yeah. It's weird coming from the human to be like no, don't trust the human race. And Jor like yeah. ah, just fucking get out there and do it, dude. Um, it, it's just it, it feels so bass backwards. If anything, Jor should be like, I don't know, like, they, we'll see if society's ready for you. Um, this is a young uh society not very advanced and we don't know how they would respond to you and versus pocket being like yeah like look at who you are look at this opportunity you have you can help so many people that's that's where i think it should have gone um yeah
1: and they weirdly sort of twisted at the end where it's like oh no he always knew you were gonna
0: do great things (laughs) you're gonna be great i feel like that felt like like a punch in the back of the head yeah it's like what? what are you talking about fuck you doing and it, like they spin it, it's like no, okay the world wasn't ready for you yet and when the world is ready for you you're gonna do great things it's like hmm, well um that's that's so weird i don't know yeah you, so it's you, like it's like this is a film about jesus
1: and it's like if the world deserves jesus then jesus will come like if, if that's the metaphor if that's mm-hmm. the metaphorical thing going on uh, uh i don't know that that that's it that's just a that's not serious to be taken but there there is a strong uh, Jesus biblical line yeah. through this movie um, right. and yet like you mentioned there's traditionally that's not a Superman thing that's uh, I guess the way I see this movie overall is that this is a modern Superman story uh, this is like the post 9-11 superhero movie mm-hmm. full on disaster like Independence Day style action movie this isn't like if and and when you consider it like that, you know, when you when you look at under a genre or whatever, like what type of a movie this is—a action, um, destruction, post-apocalyptic superhero movie—it it it's like stars across the board on all of those things. Mm-hmm. The action is great. The destruction is great. It's controversial. You know, it's been discussed for numbers of years, but I think the way they handled it, even going for, in further on movies, BVS. Um, I think it was like I think it's something that we've not seen before. It yes, for sure, for sure, added the shock value, but it also had a a, a real story function, a, a narrative function, and something that, like I said, we just never saw in superhero movies that level of that scale of a uh, of violence and destruction. So yeah, this movie is dark, but this movie is Here's the very thing, much not. It's very much not a. A traditional superhero movie. When you think Marvel or anything like that, like it's not bright, it's not funny. It's, it's not even serious.
0: Dark. Well, it is. It's not even dark. It's not even that. Like it's serious, but it feels. Like it's tri- It's
1: trying to be. Se- yeah, it's trying to be. Like okay, I don't. I don't consider uh, the Dark Knight movies dark. You know, but I consider them serious really? movies.
0: I I consider. I don't
1: know. I, I don't know, I don't know how. I mean, when maybe you have... maybe the dark maybe the Dark Knight is certainly dark because yeah, it's like, like the dark super anarchic. So but... The Dark Knight, yeah, Dark Knight Rises not so much. I think Batman Begins another excellent movie, but more comic book level dark. Uh, you know, just with the whole gas poisoning the city kind of thing. Like that's sort of comic booky, but yeah, Dark Knight for sure It's just getting to the psychological terror. This is like this is a movie that's just trying to be like a dark comic book movie, like like how Frank Miller's comic book run of batman was really dark stories for batman you know what i mean
0: i don't even think it's it's that dark though i feel like we've been brainwashed over the years and telling us that this movie's dark um it's dark i don't know it's just feels like a movie that tries to take a realistic but when pa kent
1: but when pa kent tells clark kent as a young boy maybe you should have let those kids drown and a bunch of 10 year olds in an audience just heard that isn't that fucking dark dude isn't that a little bit dark and and they're expecting to see superman save the day and bright colors red cape red tights yeah, on knees, I guess, all yeah i guess you're right that's it's, a bit dark for a superhero movie my man and we're talking about that eight years later
0: it's still one of the most controversial things yeah 100 you know? percent. here's the thing though I, I think i even remember like seeing an interview about this like it was interviewed with zach and he's like when he got the call from warner brothers to direct man of steel he's like really I just directed Watchmen. I just got done mm. f- like years of work tearing down the superhero genre. And yeah, now you want me I to do
1: like the darkest comic books ever, like pretty yeah. much.
0: And now you want me to do the poster boy of superheroes?
1: Yeah, it's just
0: it. That's it's why a I, perplexing I
1: kinda, idea, but I yeah. love it. I love that you get a guy who can deconstruct the superhero genre. Yeah, but uh, that, and, and that, that really just be do something for different. Superman, though. But okay, here's here's the thing I wanna to pose to you because there's you know, I see you as a traditionalist when it comes to comic book movies. That if it's not at least adapting to faith a comic book run, then it might not be doing a good job or doing the story justice. And I would just play counter to that and I would think, you know, the comic book exists as a version of that story, the OG version, yeah, sure. And over the years, like Superman is what, a hundred years now? Like I truthfully, like, I don't know, like he's been around since the twenties or the thirties. So getting close to it. And the if we were to get the original stories over and over again, like there just wouldn't be interest. that interest would not live on for this long. And the reason the character survives is because generation of storytellers just adapt the character mm-hmm. uh, and, and situations to different, G- generations of people in right. different eras of the world, right? Some some more um,
0: successful than others and
1: some more successful for others for sure. But I, I wouldn't, but I, I, wouldn't like, I wouldn't I wouldn't discount and hold on, you can defend yourself in a second. Yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't discount I wouldn't discount uh like Snyder's Man of field as a bad comic book film or like a bad film because it's not faithfully adapting a Superman run, or it's like because Superman's never been Jesus before, that's a wrong metaphor. Like I'm I'm fully accepting like go ahead and try those ideas. And whether we like it or not, we'll be the judge of that as mm-hmm. an audience of fans, you know? And who's right in that situation? Like, fuck, God will decide. But I'm, I'm fully down with seeing an interpretation of the story. And, and right. it just leads for these sort of discussions. Otherwise, like, we would just be talking about Red Cape Superman for 300 years. You and know? that's like,
0: why I have a love-hate relationship with this movie. I wouldn't call myself a yeah. traditionalist. I'd say, yeah, if something ain't broke, don't you don't need to fix it. Um, and a lot of things he did do well in like trying to update the superhero mythos like I really like all the Krypton stuff really like the Fortress of Solitude is like a scout ship like that yeah. expands the lore dramatically um,
1: the attention to detail in general like to Krypton like I think you, you like right on the money there where you say mm-hmm. like, he probably had the most fun with that Krypton stuff and it shows just right. the the level of detail and uh, uh, everything is at such a high quality there so that's how I think it's like, like 2% really
0: evolve the the IP is through like deepening concepts and deepening ideas that were there to begin with where you you know before you had Neil before Zod and that was it. He was like a, just an evil shadowy version of Superman and yeah. what he turned into, which is probably my favorite part of the movie. We'll get yeah. into Zod in a second, but I need to I need to finish this Oh part.
1: yeah I was, I was gonna say if you're about to get into it now
0: I um, would I would jump into it. But what I'm saying though is like he made changes that were good and then he made changes that didn't need to be made and this is why I have love-hate relationship. It's like you know, good on you for trying to evolve the story forward but also why would you change that? It actually didn't need to be changed at all. Um, and in isolation like this movie works better but it you can't when you have such an iconic figure like Superman. Like shit is known about him. He's the most popular superhero ever. So
1: I'll put it. I'll put it like this: on a Wednesday or a Tuesday, I'll watch uh, Brandon Rouse Superman or Christopher Reeve's Superman. Like in the middle of a week or on like a Monday, I would watch that movie like and be genuinely blown out of my mind, excited if like it was a rainy day at school and they played that. I would watch this movie, Man of Steel, on, like, a Sunday, a rainy Sunday, which I know I have nothing to do for the rest of the day, and I would thoroughly enjoy it. I think, like, there's two different moods and two different, like, like vibes for these movies. Very different, which is, like, conflicting because it's like, oh, it's Superman. You know, I should be able to watch Superman in this time of day every single time. Like, I don't know. Uh, like, I don't know. it it, it this, this has, like... For me, at least this has such a such a atmospheric, like such a a, a seasonal kind of timing of it. Like, I, I feel like I, I need to watch this movie at least at least once a year. And it has to be like on a Sunday, like I said, on a rainy Sunday when I'm not doing anything and I'll enjoy it the most. Then like it, it, it's a movie I'll, I, I will rewatch as much as the OG Superman movie. So for me, it stands. It really does stand on its feet for those reasons. But let us give credit to Michael Shannon as Zod, because yeah. for me he's Joker level villain performance. I feel like he's maybe. made
0: fun of for no reason. For
1: he's no made reason. fun of like I really like by fans. I will I, find I'm, him. I'm missing this. Like the
0: I will find him stuff. People think that's stupid. I'm like, no man. That oh, gives me. Come on, goosebumps. like
1: that's fucking yeah. No, everything he says and does, like right up until the end, right up until his like his death. It's 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 amazing. It's like an oscar-worthy uh, performance in a superman movie like no cap it's it's <laughs> fucking great and yeah i didn't even know people dissing like shame on you for dissing michael shannon
0: fuck y'all but, you know god damn yeah people diss give me diss heated up. michael shannon a lot for this role and i feel like that's just a pile on because of the negative uh stereotype associated with this movie but i i don't know that's the only reason i keep coming back to watch this movie is if it weren't for it adds a levity Zod is the most complete character in this movie
1: uh yeah uh I don't know Superman like is he I feel like he's a passive character for most of this movie so like that's why I'm a bit unsure of it he's
0: a a passive character until he gets the call to action from Zod to turn himself in that's when he becomes active
1: yeah and that's like 75% into the movie Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas Zod is like, uh, you know, he's gone for a large gap of it, but it, it they fill in the gaps there too. Like, he's on a man on the mission. Like, he is a man of action from scene one. Yes. And uh, he's shooting
0: politicians in the head.
1: Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> I was going to make a joke, and then I'm like, I'd just save that one for now. <laughs> like <a> Capitol Hill <laughs> Let's, joke? No, no, no. We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no speaking of no uh okay yeah it's just it's 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 uh it adds like another level to this movie which i was like you know just a point to what i was making before it's like this is not your like regular 2013 superhero movie this is like a movie where like they they really were trying to like you know maybe this is just filmmakers trying to be serious uh and taking like comic book property stuff too seriously or whatever people want to say but like bringing a guy like michael shannon into the character of zod and like that, that alone is trying to say something, and then the performance he gives is just like fucking. It's not like a comic book performance. It's no. Not a comic book he performance at all. It's so incredible. like, yeah, people, people making fun of that line, like, god mm-hmm. damn. All shame the most
0: iconic you. lines in this movie are from Zod.
1: Yeah, and I feel like he ad libbed those. Like he, the
0: that that was an extra.
1: I will find him. Yeah,
0: that was that. I don't like was he told to spit at them like that? Like, I can't even like do the insult spit. You know what I mean? Like those
1: yeah teeth. Spits? You can't fake it. You can't fake that. Try and fake it.
0: How do you It'll do? Look bad. How do you do one of those tooth spits? You know what I you mean? You have
1: to be mad. You have to be visibly
0: upset. Like I can't even figure out in my mind how I would do that. Let alone how angry enough I'd have to be to be like, yeah, I'm gonna spit on you. And like, it's wow. like
1: your mouth is doing. It's just on. A, it's it has a mind of its own. It's just doing its own thing. You're not controlling certain aspects of your mouth so it's just chaos Mm -hmm. and spit flying and michael shannon energy and all of that right uh kryptonians are fucking stupid like is that supposed to be an analogy for earth in that in any way what do you mean is he trying to do something there like is is i don't know i'm i'm reaching with this question i'm reaching really heavy but is, is he trying to say like this is your future humans
0: with that with what
1: with everything in krypton it's like, oh, oh, they're yeah, yeah. Well, they're using their natural that. resources, and well, let's, let's the think politicians the think they're
0: so like, smart. Krypton was like a really advanced society. They ended up, they started expanding, um, but for some reason they decided to become more traditionalist and stop with the colonies and just focus on Krypton itself. So they became an isolated nation, and then through that, because they couldn't, you know, um, get out and get resources, they ended up just mining the last of their resources in Krypton. Exploded so, um, it's a world coaxed in bureaucracy, um, and coaxed in isolationists. Um, mm-hmm. so that was its downfall. So, and and Clark himself and Jorel, you know, sort of pushing him towards that is the counter to that to be like a bridge to other worlds and to other peoples. And mm-hmm. to, um, that's the way to move forward versus what Krypton did. So um, and then Zod being like, no, we're going to keep doing it. But this time I'm going to be in charge. And because I'm in charge, things are going to go good. It, it's, it's, it's like a, it's a historical through line. You can look at so many examples throughout history where this is the case, whether it's Stalin taking power in the USSR or um, what other coups, like mostly just socialist coups in Southern America and maybe even North Korea are, are akin to what Zod is.
1: Yeah. A military overthrowing the government akin to that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. We've seen that countless times. That's, and, and I feel like in the movie, in the way in how short of a kind of the Krypton scene is, I think everything you just said, even uh, that entire conflict is, is actually portrayed really well for uh, the little amount of time, really screen time. It was, um, you know they 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 got into that they gave a really thin layer of that historical context of you know they were explorers and then they became isolationists and everything you just said well said too um i i i i, I want there to be a short film for that like like i feel like that should have spawned its own spin off like that was one of the one of the things that just keeps bringing me back to this movie too um the aesthetic overall aesthetic of it and, and here it is. It's it's the fact that you hear the Junkie XL for the f- score for the first time in the Krypton scene, like the 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 main score for the film, um, and and it's like it's given to you over the the visual of Krypton sort of like just going to hell completely, like shit's hitting the fan, um, and that score is just so fucking good. You know, mm-hmm. this movie is like a cake of like just flavors, just good sweet flavors and sugary flavors stacked on top of each other that you know is not the healthiest thing in the world for you but it's like it's so fucking good i think that's a good analogy for this this movie is like a cake
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's like a sugary cake it's, it's so sweet but not nutritious at all
0: no i know yeah okay that's a really good analogy cake, Con- hey, congrats man that was awesome thanks i know um, thanks <laughs> i'm so fucking
1: arrogant i'll give myself that too i'll pat myself on the back no it's because I'm, I'm actually not good at analogy so when i when i hear that
0: mm. you know i'll take it it's pretty to look at no, i want you to take a sip it's pretty tasty but then like there's no substance to it there's no actual benefit to yeah. you digesting. it's
1: it's it's a surface level uh visual treat mm. but yeah i mean i hey we could we could continue arguing on that the depthness of it because i would say i would say at least the fact that they're trying to at least go for it i i can appreciate it you know yeah um, I,
0: appreciate I wouldn't even
1: say they fall i wouldn't even say they fall short i would just say that that people um you know in some aspects uh, they um in aspects like the editing of this movie like that's something i just sort of uh it kind of grinds my gears like the first half of this movie it feels so montagy it feels like like really just jumping from that's my favorite part thing to thing like it, it the, there's just it feels like there's a lack of flow it, I, it, I disagree well tell me this like it, it, you go from a clark kent flashback memory directly into like clark doing something into uh like lois at the daily Planet or whatever like and i get the clark flashback to his present moment stuff do have a context in the moment but like maybe for me I I find it's just maybe like not pulled off well. I I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is, but it there's something where there's just a lack of flow in the first half right up until Zod comes in and he is the inciting incident pretty much for the entire movie and that happens halfway into the movie, like a little more than halfway. Right.
0: But I feel like and it's that's justified like, in like an origin movie because Superman had to find himself first.
1: But in like a story structure, it's like it's such a weird time, like that's why I feel like this movie really drags for that first half. Or like, I I'm I'm not trying to be a doctor on this movie and dissect like what problem or like what's causing what problem, but um, uh like, I I don't think that's a clear cut way because there's origin superhero origin movies where you know the inciting incident is literally the first setup scene. If you think Guardians of the Galaxy, they literally like there's the prologue scene um set in earth but then literally the first scene into the movie with the credits rolling uh the opening credits it's peter quill stealing the orb and it's set up as a comical scene but that's the inciting incident that sets you into everything introduces your characters introduces your team and sets them up on their way you know right i'm not saying this movie had to do exactly that you just skipping
0: over the krypton stuff because isn't that the inciting incident
1: inciting for who though that's inciting for like us as the audience to know what that's like the, that's just like kind of the precursor events that's like no, a history like I, lesson well, that's sort of context the like
0: whole conflict of the movie where zod yes, needs, but, the co- needs the codex and it's like it, it's thought to have gone with clark
1: but then you don't see zod for like 40 minutes
0: right because you need to find out who clark is
1: I get what you're saying, and and maybe you're right. Like I even wrote it in my notes. I'm definitely, not, I'm not the saying
0: like you're wrong. Like I understand, like why somebody might not like this. But yeah, just... I,
1: I I I just I don't know. I don't know if that works for me. Where the like, maybe you're right. The inside that that is for sure like, uh, where the stakes of the the character conflict is set up between Zod and Superman. But as far as inciting incident goes, and here here's another kind of example of inciting incident when. Lois and Clark are both in, I want to say Antarctica, and they both come across the Kryptonian ship together, right? And they they interact for the first time. I would say that's another inciting incident, but that's like 35, 45, like again, 30, 20, 30 minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like it, it, it might not even be that long, but it, it feels like there's a lot of just showing scenes, showing imagery, get like showing one thing after another building up for like a real kind of movie to take place yeah that's something like I haven't really shaken my head from but that that might be the only big flaw I have with this is just that general editing
0: thing oh, oh really <laughs> you wanna... yeah like
1: I can I'm, I'm sort of fine with everything else but I'm curious to see what 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 is your issues with this I, I know some of your issues with why but... does
0: some people keep letting Lois Lane everywhere I don't like Lois she's Lane, a good journalist movie. I don't I like know this, this
1: she's a badass writer I I don't
0: know there's, there's a line like yeah there's some parts I like her but like why is she allowed with the military
1: yeah like why she's uh good, she's she's she done no. measuring dicks she's guess, that's a great line too
0: <laughs> I don't know she, she's just there's something off-putting about her in this movie and yeah she, she's, uh, she's, the, she's the damsel three times four times How many but times isn't she f- always the damsel she's always the damsel yeah but like give me one damsel a movie you know like she had to, she had to get saved from the robot, saved from the. I'm plot, trying to think how many times that. Happens. And then yeah. save from the plane. And then, yeah, that's it. So three times, like Superman That's and...
1: sort of that's sort of Lois Lane's existence for the most part. I feel like. Correct me if I'm wrong. There, like I don't. Yeah, okay. How much depth? How much depth does Lois Lane's Lois Lane's character actually get, or was, have in the comics?
0: I want her to be more like a Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z type character. Mm. It, like when Goku's fighting, Piccolo's off the side being like. Yeah, that's Goku's style. He's in trouble now. Oh no! Like commentating, him and Masaroshi just commentating on the side. Like um, Lois and um, what's his name? Fucking Ollie, her her cameraman. Uh, Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, Jimmy Olsen. Like her and Jimmy Olsen, like falling Superman around with the camera being like holy shit look at this uh, that would have been cool having like a so
1: you want oh like a cloverfield style superman movie document like a documentary no, no, or not, documentary not, not the
0: entire movie. movie but like
1: bits of it yeah i i, I, I don't know the dams on the
0: stress stuff never gets me so
1: like superman has psychics, a filmmaker psychic and a journalist psychic
0: yeah kind of i mean that's how, <laughs> how it is that's how it is in like
1: the animated stuff yeah i don't know i don't know if that fits the tone of the snyder movies but I know, what yeah. you
0: mean. I know what you mean, I know what you mean. But, like, I don't know. Um, if you're going to evolve the Superman story, like, maybe evolve the damsel in distress stuff to the point sure. where you don't need to have I, it three times. I can agree with that. Yeah, room. it's
1: a bit overplayed. Je- like, just in this, like, general... It, in general, I, I'm saying, uh, mm-hmm. just damsel in distress. And they, they sort of joke about that now, I've noticed, in, like, modern-day superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching Shazam the other day, and, like, Shazam makes a very obvious... Uh, Points a very obvious finger at that damsel in distress bit, where um, Shazam is trying, like sees a-, a woman getting mugged, <clears throat> and this is like right when he discovers he's a super- like has superpowers, and he goes to save her and knocks out the the guy mugging her, and she's like, oh, I just maced him, like that was completely unnecessary. Like, did you think like I was just some damsel in distress? Like, whatever. Very on the nose, making fun of that whole thing, but that's funny. Like, just in a couple years, DC is like, let's not let's be progressive. Let's let's be uh let's let's look on Twitter and see what they're saying pretty much.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not much to go off of that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, yeah. There's one thing I don't I, I can continue with the Lois thing. Like yeah, I get it how she should maybe know who Clark is in reality, but like I really missed like the the alter ego stuff like Clark Kent is like a fucking nerdy klutz um, country guy who's into over his head in the city you know and we never get that really we get sexy nope. Henry Cavill in glasses this time and a little bit of some stubble you know what I mean
1: yeah I almost forgot about the like not in not in this watching the movie but like you in um. I guess I guess yeah actually no when you're watching the movie you sort of forget about the whole Alter ego bit.
0: Yeah. Like, like that's
1: not that's not part of his arc in this movie. You know, that's that's like, oh, that's what's next. He's gonna go he's gonna do the whole uh door change sequence like right right after this movie ends. He's doing that. So Yeah, yeah, you know, like I like that stuff we've seen before though. Like there's been two Superman franchises where we've seen that. So I'm not I'm not like heartbroken over not seeing the Daily Planet Alter Ego you know, like, because even the way they sort of set it up in this movie, it's like, like, why is he a reporter? Like, did he go to school for that? Like, it it seems like he just decided. He's like, I want to keep my ear to the ground. I'm going to be a top rated journalist at one of the fucking biggest newspapers in Metropolis. Like, how? How did you do that? How did you manage to snag that job? You know?
0: Um, breaking news. Are you ready? Yeah. So... Um, you know, there's the release of the Tom and Jerry movie coming out. Yeah, Tom I know and Jerry what you're about to say. <laughs> I, I, I'm keen. I'm keen on this news. Wait, like, when see, did you read about this?
1: Right before I hopped on the podcast. <laughs> oh, really? Okay.
0: I just I just, yeah. I just, read it now. Just looking up the Justice League stuff. And holy smoke. Some people like who were trying to watch the Tom and Jerry movie randomly had the Justice League, Snyder's Justice League play for them. And not like the full movie. Apparently there's... Oh, Really? Yeah, because and Jer- Tom and Jerry's metadata cuts off at one hour fifty one minutes, so you get oh, less than half, like half of the, just movie. the movie. Yeah. Wow, what
1: a like! I guess like for the fans of Justice League who are just clicking on Tom and Jerry, like Merry Christmas to them! Like that's a fucking surprise! Like to mm-hmm. just see if you're if you're into that sort of thing, that would have been like holy fuck! Like this is exciting, <laughs> but what a fuck up on Warner Brothers' part! Spoiler: like, Tom and Jerry are on killed on HBO. side yeah right like is this this is uh easter egg this is all planned to happen to insinuate the multiverse is
0: actually larger Can than they actually accidentally do this for godzilla versus kong please yeah please that's the next one that's the next one
1: I, i'm still like for that movie i'm i'm pretty sure i'm gonna wait to watch that in theaters i see no point in watching godzilla
0: versus kong in my house i have to <laughs> sad sad i know it's sad but i have a friend with the surround sound so it's fine
1: that's fair then that's okay um yeah what were we what were we on i don't know uh, is there anything else you want to add i guess like i've, I've sort of gone through
0: my notes about this movie uh, uh I, every time i watch this movie it's just a really <laughs> conflicting i don't know it's, it's just really conflicting for me whenever i talk to people about this movie i think like i watched it with a couple people that don't like Rewatch it every year like I do and they're like mm-hmm. yeah it's okay I'm like yeah yeah that's about right it's okay um, obviously visually amazing Hans Zimmer fucking glorious um, first flight might oh is, be. is it
1: Hans Zimmer or is it Junkie XL no it's Hans Zimmer isn't it I might have misquoted I know Junkie XL does
0: like his next movies but uh
1: no you're right it is Hans Zimmer yeah it's Hans Zimmer sure. yeah. yeah okay um, then I, I I correct myself Hans Zimmer score which of course God damn! how can I disrespect the Hans Zimmer like
0: that? Yeah, anyways. Um, some things make me so happy and they give me goosebumps. You know, I will find him Scene where you train on a farm. Um, first flight. Literally, um, you know, my voice is an island swim to it. Like, all those scenes give me goosebumps and they get me going. Yeah. And then I also yeah. have to sit back and roll my eyes and be like, oh, fucking hell. Um, and it. It, in a way, it's super weird revisiting this movie as like the jump off for the DC cinematic universe. Whereas, if this was like the start and they just took their time, like I, I, I don't know, like Iron Man's obviously like a fun movie, but I'd put this on par with Iron Man to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it got a bad rap, and this DC's like, oh, we got to catch up. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of stuff they set up in this movie that I, I remembered as I was watching, like, oh, yeah, that military general, he's supposed to be Martian Manhunter. Oh, mm-hmm. just casually. Um, that open pod is supposed to be Kara's RL. Just casually, um, and that casual. doesn't
1: make any sense. That I, I, the more I've, I've thought of, I've thought about that too. That makes no sense because that Kryptonian ship was supposed to be there for thousands of years. Right, right. Well, In the, Superman's uh,
0: literally immortal at this point.
1: But she could have got. No, out. she could have got out. No, Superman's not immortal. What are you talking about? yes he is?
0: I mean, as long he as ages.
1: He ages though, yeah, like he cool. ages like a normal man. So he's not like he's not two hundred years old in a thirty-three year old's body. Uh, he's thirty-three. I might need to read up on that sun earth uh, uh, sun years because even in this movie, even about, like
0: hypothetical DC universe. Theories I know, when, I know. Like, it's
1: just, I, I'll, <laughs> I I get heated sometimes, and that that's. Let's not go there. Let's not get into the hypothetical arguments. Anyways, but yeah, uh, sorry. Go on.
0: This movie is just weird to me. I like, I like some parts. I really dislike a lot of parts. Um, but I can sit through it every year. But I'm only going to watch it once a year. I'm never going to mm. take the time. Like, some movies I'll watch more than once a year, like Glorious Bastards. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Alien, maybe. I know Alien's like a once a year type of film, but I, I feel like watching it twice. Um, but it's just... I don't know. I don't know. I, I felt like they had a lot of stuff they could have built off of, but they decided to waste all this potential and immediately go into like a big superhero team up for a sequel, which we're going into next. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm
1: thinking like, like when I think back on this movie as now an eight year old film and every, like, just how do I feel rewatching it? I feel that like a similar conflicted feeling as you, um, we've we've kind of outlined that this entire episode why we feel conflicted uh i feel like most people do but for some reason there's there are like beats in this movie that really like emotionally hit me uh and like i'm a sucker for um and i, I like every time i just feel like at the end of it like and i i, I I'm, I'm almost for certain this is just because of Hans zimmer's score now at this point but. I feel so like, uh, uh like, like, I, and this is gonna feel so stupid and shallow or like dumb. Uh, people will diss me. Like, I don't know. But I feel like I just watched a beautiful thing, you know?
0: Yeah. I know. Like,
1: I don't see it. I don't see it as the mess that it is. And I acknowledge it for the mess that it is. But I see it as a beautiful mess. And I, like, I'm not kidding. Like, I, I, people will make fun of me for that. But, like, I, I, I I am pretty sure like the score is probably the biggest reason for that. It's just a beautiful score over beautiful imagery. Um and on a you know, on a on a cheesecake level. That's beautiful. Like when you look at a fucking cheesecake from cheesecake factory, it's like goddamn. But um why did I why did I even tie those two knots? I don't know. But uh it's 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 a movie that I will like every time I watch it, I'll, like, always ask myself questions and, like, be conflicted with it myself, but I have fun in that in that process of, like, really talking to myself and being, like, and, like, yeah, like, even, like, what we, what we were saying, like, about the the smash cut in debating that, like, that's a literal debate I have every single time I watch this movie, and uh, I have countless debates similar to that, just, like, why did they do this, or thematically, what is this, trying to say about people about superman as a character and like it maybe it's a movie that's trying to be it's a bit ahead of its time like maybe it is that actually because it wasn't falling into the genre of what superhero movies were in 2013 um it's it's a Zack snyder film more than a uh even more than a dc film because this is like He's sort of uh, just branched off and he's telling his own version of the Superman lore and characters and DC at this point is like, fuck all that, we're going to do something else. So this canon of Superman stuff really, it's cool for, I guess, like a filmmaker to to tell a version of a, a character that has, that has like this much legs at this point. You know, for better or worse, um, like everybody I'm sure can agree on this, like this version of Superman is like, it is on an iconic level that like people just wouldn't want to admit to because it's not like their favorite perhaps, but the press that these movies have gotten over the years, the conversations that have derived from it. And like the whole story behind like Zack Snyder's DC films, I think it's just built up this like really iconic version of Superman that like at the end of the day, good or bad of what people want to say, like it's a, it's different and it's a darker version of a character that is generally for the most times like boring and happy and smiling and like overly positive and like and just the plain as Wonder Bread sort of character at least that's honestly how I used to think about him as a kid he was never my favorite character it was fun superhero uh, sort of content to eat up like you know grew up on the Christopher Reed's and Brandon Rouse stuff but never close to my favorite superhero movies that was always batman and spider-man and you know this like this version of uh superman that man of seals sort of tries to show is I've, i i applaud it for its uniqueness so i'll let know that note
0: i'll applaud it for its uniqueness but i'll also criticize it for stepping out of line i feel like and um yeah that's it i don't know um very conflicting movie. Um, you're you're gonna
1: get the Snyder, the Snyder cut squadron on your ass now.
0: No, like for, I'm for, for criticizing Snyder this movie, like, I feel like an untethered. Zach no, I'm just Snyder kidding. I'm the just most joking. thing ever. Okay.
1: I know. I was just that was a joke in the Snyder cut fans because they're all so fucking aggressive. Are they worse on than Twitter.
0: K-pop fans? uh Oh, I, I don't got know. the K-pop crowd after me now. Woo.
1: Fuck. Fuck it. It's 2021. Let's get let's get everybody are versus us. Yes, but uh yeah no it's uh i we'll talk about it more in the in the next one of how like how does this movie set up the future dce stuff the dceu stuff but as as a stand i think you you said it um about how this works as a standalone movie and yeah like this as a standalone uh just as a standalone movie i like this works really well um yeah <laughs> It's it's it I, I wouldn't watch this canonically like I wouldn't be like I'm going to watch BBS and this and Justice League all in a row because like fuck that like I'll watch a BBS for other reasons
0: or I'll never watch Justice League <laughs> but yeah yeah anyways anyways uh, and with that thanks for tuning in uh, be sure to check us out next time when we we'll cover Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice the ultimate
1: the ultimate edition ultimate
0: edition three hours oh fuck no um And with that, make sure to follow us on Instagram and on YouTube at MythicMorons and on Twitter at MythicMorons. And whatever you're listening to um, or what you're listening on, whether it's Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, just give us a rating, helps us out. Much appreciated. And uh, with that, I'm signing off. Peace.
1: Peace. such a dark and growly peace.